Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, the MailRite Podcast. It's episode number 361. And as usual, John has had to do an extraordinary amount of heavy lifting to make this show happen. So I hope you all appreciate he had to call me and wake my semi-sick butt up to make sure that I was actually going to be on the show. And then he, uh, he, he graciously agreed to do a little bit more talking than usual because uh, my voice is a little shaky today. So um, do us all a favor, give John a thumbs up, go to those website, send him a contact form message, say, hey, we know you work real hard at this. Thank you very much. All right, John, with no further ado, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Thanks, Rob. And Rob's not that well, so he's a bit of a trooper to agree to do the podcast. He couldn't do one last week because he got attacked by an animal. Oh, yeah, he showed me the damage. Oh, my God. Uh, um, you, get, you have to watch the video, <laughs> folks. He's got actual body damage. Uh, um, so uh, I'm the joint founder of Mailrite. We build beautiful websites on WordPress, plus we got a suite of real marketing tools that were inbuilt and actually do provide value. So we got a really nice package at a good value price. Back over to you, Robert. All right. So today's episode, we're going to talk about why do so many agents fail and quit in the business? And I'm going to tangent. I've warned John. I'm going to warn all of you. I'm going to tangent on what he gave. He was kind enough to give me a list. Um, and I can, I've read ahead, but there is number two. I feel like there's a major disconnect in the real estate industry and I want to cover it. And I'm going to use it under the blanket of number two, John. But before we do that, why don't you go ahead and kick off the list and mm, um, yeah. start to explain to people why we think real estate agents fail? Well, number one, interested versus committed. Words are cheap, actions are harder. Mm-hmm. And some would link this to being a part-time agent. I don't really believe in that. I think you can be effective as part-time agent. Um, it's all about mindset and commitment. A slightly overused term in the WordPress training area, but on the other hand, attitude does matter. And being professional, having a professional attitude, having a, a level of a commitment, which Rob shows because he, I show and Rob shows, um, he turns up every week for this podcast. I turn up, we do it. It's a sign of commitment and professionalism, isn't it, Rob? And yeah. there's a lot of people, unfortunately, in the real estate industry that like the idea of income, independence, that it can provide, but they don't like what you got to do to get those things. I'm feeling a little punchy. So I'm going to be a little more direct than usual. And, and just like John, I get myself in trouble for, for being direct because <laughs> not everything in life is black and white. But here is something that you can take to the bank. Um, Interested versus committed. It, you know, real estate is full of people that uh, didn't go to college. They didn't have opportunities elsewhere. And they come in and they don't realize that real estate is maybe one of the last great ways for, for 
people without a traditional path to success to become successful. You don't have to have a college degree. You don't have to be a tradesperson. But having said that, you should treat it like a trade. And I'm going to segue into number two, which is no strategy when it comes to lead generation. But here is my wake up call to the reason that all new agents are failing or a lot of new agents are failing. And, and a lot of reason that old, older agents are watching their income shrink. Gone are the days in which you cannot consider digital exp- skill sets to be at least 30% of your real estate career. Okay, gone are those days. You must have some degree of, pro- of proficiency with things like understanding how to use social media or taking a picture and putting it on social media, understanding the importance of websites, understanding the importance of email, understanding the importance of, of text messaging as it relates to your business. You should have taken some time and you should have studied it. And by the way, as long as you're doing that, you probably should have studied what exactly you're supposed to be using CRMs for in the first place, because if there's an area inside the real estate industry where people take advantage of you, it's in how they price CRMs. There are people out there that will charge you $1,500 for a CRM per month. That is $15,000 per year. I have to ask a question. Do you think you know how to properly value a CRM? Because there's other people that will charge you $35 a month. Okay, so what's you should educate yourself. You can't just walk into anything, John, or anything and expect world-class results. Actually, you can't even walk into anything and expect to make 60 grand a year. You know, if, if you don't understand the basics of a profession, I don't pay you as a delivery person to not know how to drive, have insurance and understand the city. I don't pay you the 30 grand that comes along with that job. Would you, John? Not really. Um, the idea, if you can just cover your basic costs in the first year of a real estate agent, you've done well, as far as I'm concerned. You you really, it, to start to make any kind of income, you'd be looking at the second year, in my opinion. That's just the basic truth of it. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. So we're gonna, I'm going to read ahead in John's list, but I, I just want to make this super clear. To everybody listening to the show, when you're thinking about a real estate career, you are no longer thinking about driving people around in your car and showing them homes, okay? (laughs) You are thinking about how you're going to present yourself online. You're thinking about how you're going to use Zoom or your phone in order to virtually show homes. You're thinking about how you are going to understand Google and the tools that are being presented to you for free that you can leverage to make to get people to contact you. And you can do it all without spending a dime, at least or unless it's going to be on education. So three, fear of making mistakes and the desire to look good. So John, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Well, you know, there's a lot of ego in this industry and there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Um, you're going to, you know, when you're starting out and when you're trying to build your business, any business, you just make a lot of mistakes. Um and obviously, you've got to provide a professional um, service and a professional appearance. But um, it, there's there's a fear of trying anything new. There's a fear of testing something or giving something some time. There's um, it's just a general fear 
a general fear of mistake, in my opinion. I don't know what you feel. I feel... I, I once again think that the reason... So here's an interesting thing. Tom Ferry is one of the top coaches in any industry in the world. Guy has a business that produces $25 million a year. And you've covered two things that he would cover in his coaching. Fear of mistakes, fear to look good. You know, you just have to go out and do it. I agree with you 100%. And basically, people are getting Tom to coach them on how to be reasonably good salespeople, reasonably reasonably good business people. You and I both already know that when you own a business, when you... You, you fail a lot more than you succeed. That's just the truth of it. The failures that you have become more minor in your day though. Like as you get used to taking hits or things don't work out the way that you want, you literally just go, okay, well, that didn't work. Can you move on? John and I both do it all the time. And uh, he's, he's got a whole big production that he just tried to do and it failed. Now he's moving on, still doing all his podcasts, still showing up for all his appointments and moving on with his day. I'm sure there was some disappointment. There always is with me when I have things don't work out the way that I want them to. I was trying to bring on somebody to the company that didn't work out. I lost one of my employees that didn't work out. And both these things are disappointed, disappointing. And you know what? I'm just moseying on my merry way. One way or the other, you're going to make mistakes. And some of the things that we're talking about, like I've made mistakes. John has made mistakes. Like I've made so many mistakes, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Right. Because it's the only way that you learn, ladies and gentlemen. It's the only way that you learn how to do things. Doing things the wrong way teaches you how to do them the right way. And then if you think that you're going to go off and see a course and it's going to – you can always – eliminate the, the the range of possibility for failure. But all you can do is limit it. You're going to have failure. The best of the best of the best fail every single day. And just what they've gotten very good at doing is, is going out and doing it again and not letting the failures really slow them down. So I, and the desire to look good, Jesus, everybody listening to this, I have never seen an industry that is so backwards. For, I don't know why all real estate agents think that because they're dealing with a very expensive purchase that they have to brand themselves, look a certain way, drive a certain car. It's going away slowly but surely. There's yeah. a lot of people out there like like Joe Manny USA and others who are starting to have a humble approach to the way that they appear, even though they themselves are quite wealthy. I think that it's important to remember whatever your audience is like the only place where luxury might like, like really putting it out there, how much you make as a real estate agent might make sense is in the luxury space. And you got to be real certain of your audience because some luxury spaces don't have clientele that present as rich. Like the keys is a great example. There, everybody's in jeans and going fishing, and and you know what? They're they're the guys and gals that own those homes down there. Have, you know, worth ten, hundred million, two hundred million, no problem. But they present like they're a guy that has ten bucks. So you got to be careful with this desire to look good nonsense. It is. I I couldn't agree with more with what John wrote. Just be careful of it. Uh, yeah, number four. Yeah, um, no or wrong role models. Um, 
I, I think you really do, and it's something that I've been not very good at, so I'm, I'm the wrong person. I really do think that having somebody, uh, a mentor, is important. It's something I've shied away from, but on reflection, it wasn't a good choice. I should have... It's hard to find somebody to be a, a, a good mentor because the good ones are busy. And and then, you, so try and find a good role, a, a good mentor, a good role model. And then there's a lot of people that I feel in this industry choose the wrong role model models. Um, it's a bit linked to what you just said for point three. You know, it's great entertainment, you know, how to be a millionaire real estate agent. You know, it's good television. It's good entertainment. Is it good as a role model to be a real effective real estate agent? No, in my opinion. I think it's a terrible example. Um, but that's my opinion, Robert. So... I, I am going to say that that this is once again one of those things that is very like you're young, you're excited. You probably many people have never been forced into a role of mentorship, maybe not even John. But I have a couple times in my career where the difference between what is like success was somebody's willingness to help me. And in the sales world, that's somebody's willingness to let you run appointments with them, listen to their calls. Like I am not a very, after 30 years of doing this, I can, I sound and look like I can create like stuff right off the cuff. When I started my career, I was horrible, just terrible. I'd read whatever you gave me on the, on a piece of paper and think it was going to work. I had no ability to like, uh, get off a script. I couldn't, uh, riff or be creative in any way, shape or form that came from sitting next to a couple of mentors who were very generous with their time and taught me what to say and how to say it. And more importantly, they taught me the psychology behind conversations, the psychology behind, behind sales in the trenches. You can read as many books as you want. You can listen to as many tapes as you want. You still need to find somebody who's willing to show you the ropes if you've never done something before. You will learn so much faster. And if you're like me, where you're um, – John and I both have learning disabilities, very different ones – Okay. But my learning disability comes from the fact that I'm, I'm super ADD. I don't focus very well. One of the few things that holds my attention is kinesthetic learning. That's when somebody's doing it right in front of me. What? Then I pay attention. Then I learn. If you're not doing that, if you're not giving yourself the chance, you're, you're really setting yourself up to fail. So you got to be bold and be brave and establish relationships with other people. Believe it or not, um, and I don't know where John lies with this, but I give away a lot of my time for free. I give it back. You will eventually find somebody in your office, your sales office, somebody who might be making a million dollars or more, and they will give you back their time because at some point they remember being you and they will offer up their time freely. You must understand that people who are successful oftentimes are some of the most grateful, humble people that you will ever meet. And so you must ask if they will be willing to let you watch them do a call, look at the email that they've sent, ask some questions to them. That's how you get yourself a role model, in my yeah. opinion. And John, yeah. where do you stand on that, just out of curiosity? Well, I do believe in, uh, 
I know it's a bit cliche, but I do believe in karma. And I believe, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. So when I'm about to get a bit spicy with somebody or I'm, I'm, I lost my temper. It's not very rare that I really lose my temper, but I lost my temper with somebody this this week really badly, and I gave them a bit of verbal, a bit of my verbal attitude. But they were pushing me to the brink, and it's been building for a long time. Um, so I just let rip. But in general, I try and just try and treat people with respect, polite. I've had a lot of people say, you're very polite, Jonathan. Well, my mother said to me, look, Jonathan, manners don't cost you money. (laughs) And I don't honestly think they do. So just treat people the way you would want to be treated. Um, Yeah. So, and and would you, would you, if somebody came and asked you a question about how to do something, would you be willing to give like, and, and you, they for some reason, reminded you of yourself somewhere in the beginning of your your oh, journey. Cool. I wouldn't have any. If I had the time, if I didn't, I'd just be straight to them and say, come back to me later on. I can't. But if I had the time, yeah, I've got absolutely no problem with it, Robert. So, so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I, I And I, who have very little time, would – I do every single day. Make a make a little bit of time to mentor people calling into me, and that's something I continue to do, and I've done for a while. At some point, I'm going to have to stop or at least eliminate it from my schedule on a daily basis. But there you go, everybody. Yeah. So, uh, so here's here's a br- brutal reality for all of you. Uh, Monday through Friday, nine to six mentality. Listen. It's very popular. Tim Ferriss and other people have made very popular the idea of four day work weeks. And if you happen to be really, really blessed and, and happen to be far smarter and far more clever and think outside the box automatically, then, okay, great. Maybe you can make a four-day work week happen. But if you are like John and I and uh, don't feel like you're gifted in quite this, those ways, then guess what? You're going to have to – and maybe I shouldn't have included John. If you're like me, you're going to have to say – Oh, well, I just got to work harder than the other guy. Monday through Friday, nine to six mentality is number five on your list. Tell me a little bit about that, John. Well, I just think it's bonkers. You know, I work seven days a week in truth, but not all the time. I take breaks. I can I go off. Um, I disappear. I come back. But I don't work. I work all sorts of hours, seven days a week. And I'm okay because I've been doing that for uh, 30 to 40 years. So it's my business. I'm running, I run two businesses, um, which is madness in itself, but um, I'm happy doing it. Um, I just think, and I'm not, I'm not saying you've got to be full time. It's just that if you've got, you're running a business, it's, n- you're not an employee if you're a real estate agent, unless you're working for Redfin. <laughs> um, otherwise, you're 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 building your own business. You've got to get out of this nine to six. Oh, I won't be available weekends, or I won't be available after six. Or if you've got that attitude, 
the real estate isn't isn't right for you. You need to find a different way of making a living. And probably a little bit of this Monday through Friday, I'm going to put it to you a different way. Real estate is full of people that it's an unusual career in the sense that there are real estate out agents out there that work maybe 20, 30 hours a week, make 60 to hundred thousand dollars a year because they rely on their friends and family to give mm-hmm. them their appointments. They go out and show available homes. They make the occasional sale. They make a nine, 10 or $11,000 commission and then don't make another one for another 90 days. It's basically going back to John's number one on this list, which is interested versus committed. Okay. You can do part-time. If you're a social person and have many family members who really adore you, chances are strong that you can make $60,000 a year as a real estate agent. And for my money, you'd barely be trying. You go out, you take your course, you spend 100 hours learning how to pass the real estate exam. You pass the real estate exam. You send out some emails to your clients, friends, and family, have a few conversations, and then proceed to live your life and sell a home when it comes up. That's great if you want to do that. Okay, but that's not like there are and there are plenty of real estate agents out there that do that. There's also real estate agents out there that are creating their own brands, their own brokerages, and they're creating generational wealth by selling real estate. My top client makes nine million dollars a year as a single agent. Okay, that's nine million dollars a year. She makes more than 80 percent of the CEOs in this country and she while she does have a college degree in this particular case, it isn't necessary that she did. So I want everybody here to think about that. Real estate allows you the opportunity to make more than most CEOs of over 80% of the Fortune 500 companies. Okay? That is a staggeringly large amount of money that you can generate. So if you want to have that, you have to treat it like my client treats it. And you have to treat it like a business. Now, the business means you have employees, you have expenses, you have responsibilities, like John just said. But if you approach it, the reason that you have all those things is they extend your reach. They allow you to service more people and do a better job in the servicing of those people. Ratchet up your professional reputation through through the clever application of expertise and brand. That's where... You drop the Monday through Friday mentality. I don't have that mentality either. I haven't. I took my first seven days off in seven years or the other day or the other week, and it was a little bit weird. Elon Musk doesn't have that, that, that thought either. But here's the thing. You're usually not pursuing more money. That's where everybody gets confused. You're usually pursuing yeah. a mission. John's on a mission. We treat our businesses like missions. So if a client messages you, it's not about making an extra, I don't know, $500, whatever it is, right? It's about making sure that this thing that you built continues to have a good reputation and do what it's supposed to be doing. Am I, do, you, do you agree with me, John? Yes, but the reason why I do it is I really don't want to work for anybody. It's not that I'm not social, that I, I don't believe in partnerships. I do actually believe in win-win situations. And I, I've had some I've had some bad business partnerships, but I've also had some really good experiences. So it's a bit like a, a business arrangement partnership is a bit like marriage. There's a lot of bad marriages and there's some really good ones. So 
There we go, Rob. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to number six. We're running out of a little time, so we're going to try need, to get a little faster on the list. Yeah, we need to go to for a break. We need to go for a break first, Rob. Okay. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRight. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 361. John and I are talking about 10 reasons that agents fail. And it's not some agents, most agents actually fail. So number six on our list is no real belief in oneself or one's abilities. So why don't you talk Mm. to me a little bit about that, John? Well, I've suffered from this. I've always suffered to some degree from imposter syndrome. And it's a good thing to feel but on the other hand, it gets to a certain time and a ter- certain level where it's not helpful. And I've always struggled with that. And um, I'm not going to go into the personal reasons because we need to get through these points before your voice disappears. But it's something where coaching and having a good mentor and can really help because... Um, People sense it. They sense it through your body language. They sense it sense it from um, voice tone. So don't you've got to work on it, and you just got to overcome it. <laughs> I agree with this. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a plug on the show, which is not a productized plug. It's just something that I use. If nobody's heard of it, look up Project Three Six Nine. I think that using affirmations and meditation in order to achieve belief is a good way to start. You got to program yourself. And for some of us, it takes years. It did with me. Took me over a decade to finally wake up one day and say, I love myself. I'm fantastic. I have a purpose in this universe and I'm going to, I'm going to pursue it with all the ability I've been granted, which in some cases, in some small little divisions of what I do, I've come to really appreciate the things that I do well and I do naturally. We talk about the things that we don't do well, John and I, but I do have things that I do well, things that other people don't do well. And I'm very grateful for them, like incredibly grateful. So those little areas of belief have led me to say, you know, they started with constant reaffirmation. But we don't have a lot of time to go into that. So we're going to go on to number seven. No metrics you, if you can't measure results. It really doesn't exist. Well, it's one of the biggest differences between you and me. And you're right and I'm wrong. And I, I still I attempt to make myself a bit better. And it's one of the things that I'm going to attempt to do better in 2023. I am an instinctive individual. Um I go by my gut feeling. And if I've got a strong, it's normally not wrong. I've got to be truthful. It's normally 100% right. The only time I, is when I re, repress my feeling and rationalise it too much. But if I get a strong feeling, I'm normally spot on. But where it's bad is I'm not very good in getting statistics and getting measurement that I can measure I've lost over 120 pounds in the last 18 months 
And one of the, way, the ways I've done that is to go against my normal, is that I measure myself twice a day, religiously, and through exercise and strict diet, I've lost 120 pounds. Um, if I don't measure myself, you don't. And that's exactly the same as a real estate agent. And I would be one of the ones that probably wouldn't do this, but it's a bad thing, is you've got to have statistics. They don't have to be ridiculously complicated. You just need some crucial measurements so you can measure your progress. Over to you, Rob. Yeah. John is right. Um, understanding where calls initiate, like statistics and tracking results, is literally one of my strongest points. I know where my traffic comes from. I know what individual pieces of content on my website generate me leads, which has allowed me to understand where I'm going to aim my new content at, like understand what, what is like, depending on what my mission is, what type of content I should produce. But all of that required that I look at traffic, that I ask a lot of questions when I get on the phone with people so that I have a complete and total accounting of the the gestation of a customer. And everybody should have that. doesn't matter how many assumptions that you have. If you, somebody calls and says, hey, I was referred to you. Okay, who referred you? And what did they say when they referred you? That's something we oftentimes forget to ask. It is a kind of statistic, a measurable result. Um, I, I We could get into that more, but once again, we're getting a little bit of yeah. low on time. So I'm going to move on to number eight. Poor schedule, weak routines, we're creatures of habit. Are your habits really helping you? Yeah, this is crucial because there's a book I bought about four years ago and periodically I keep reading it and it's, it's change or die. I've got the author is, I'll make sure it's in the, in the show notes. But it's, a, it's not a very large book, and it's called Change or Die. I would recommend it. And it gives five story, five real-life stories about groups of people and their struggle to change their life. And one is about why so many people that have a heart attack and, they, and they're told they've got to change their lifestyle where almost 90% of heart attack patients after six months go back to exactly the same patterns that led them for their first heart attack and then they have a second one and they die. It's that fundamental. So if you're going to be successful in real estate, you've really got to integrate some positive habits and routines. And if you don't, you're probably going to fail as a real estate agent. I agree with with all of that. Um, routines are important, work routines, understanding how you're going to block out. I think it's a bit flexible in today's world, but having discipline, waking up and understanding. And, and this is something that you just, it's very like, it's like being in the military is, is a good analogy for people who are employed. You're in the military. People tell you when and where to show up. When you become a real estate agent, your best brokers and agents will probably be telling you when to show up and come in, sit, sit in the showroom floor, you know, take people out, that kind of thing. But as you get progress in your career, or get hang your license with somebody who doesn't have, require a schedule of you, all of a sudden it becomes one of those things where 
you have to set your own schedule. You have to decide for yourself when and how you work. And let me tell you, that's a, that's a hard thing to learn. Well, it's the difference between high school and going to college. There's no teacher there anymore. Nobody at university is going to tell you how to manage your time. You're just expected to be an adult and be able to do it. And a lot of people fail at university for various reasons, but one of them is they can't cope with that. Right. So number nine on their list is lack of financial management. Mm. Well, I know it's another area where I'm not great, so I shouldn't preach, but at least I know. Um, I'm reasonably good at business mathematics, um, and I... I've always surprised people by my ability to work things on the fly. Um, but um, but understanding your figures is a bit linked to metrics, no metrics. But the other thing, do not be one of these agents that don't have at least six months cash revert reserves to pay for your living costs and some of your basic business costs. You know, you should get it up to 12 months, but, you know, if you've got family and that, it's hard. But have, don't live by commission check to commission check. Um, it's, it's a bad habit. And also, when you're doing well, keep some of that money to one side to pay your taxes because so many agents have been wiped out because they've got a big, they haven't worked out that they owe Uncle Sam, a good chunk of what they've earned. So just don't be one of those people. What do you reckon, Rob? I I mean, being a business owner, which, by the way, for everybody listening to the show, I have always thought and, and believed since I was 18, being a salesperson is being a business owner. If ever you're like part of your income is commission, you're now partially a business owner. And you should be viewing your entire career as commission only. And in the latter parts of my career, even when I worked for other people, I always only accepted commission. It's the way that you should get your head arranged. And when you do that, it helps. Why? Financial management. Understanding that you're completely and totally in charge of your own finances and that you need to do all sorts of things with them. Um, But that's a whole nother show. We've never done that show. We should probably do that show. Number 10, poor website and digital marketing presence is number 10 on John's list. I'm going to say that we covered this a little bit in the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is a really important thing that you understand that at a minimum, let's just say that you're not going to market online. Fine. I don't argue with that. It, you're limiting yourself for sure. But hey, I don't argue with that. But you know what you cannot do? is even if you didn't want to market yourself directly, you have things like reviews that people are now expecting to see online. You can't mail that on a piece of paper these days. You got to actually have them someplace online. You got to have a couple of profiles up. You got to have an Instagram profile if you're a real estate agent with a couple of pretty pictures of a house. You don't have to sell the profile, but these profiles will literally help you establish yourself as a credible agent, even for the friends and family method of selling real estate. John? Well, I can't even believe that we got to have this on the list, but I it's one of the reasons why I had this full out with somebody. Um, 
and it's linked to the thing you said, yes, as a part as a part-time agent, just selling to friends and family, you can sell between sixty to maybe a, over a hundred thousand, um, depending on the market, and you'll be okay. I think, but you're gonna be limiting yourself. I also call it the Pathini mythology, you know, have a close 300-person farm. We've discussed that mythology. It works. I've got no problem with it. But if you could combine that mythology with digital marketing, effective digital marketing, you, you've put, you put it on steroids. But so many agents have this mindset, the Pathini mindset, but they don't manage to stretch it out to the digital mindset as well. And they will they will suffer in a tightening market. And I just it's just bonkers that agents think that they're gonna be bloody effective in 2022 without a, a, a decent website and a digital marketing strategy. But it's just amazing the amount of agents out there that do believe that. And good luck to them, Rob. Well, John said a, said a mouthful, and we are out of time. Yeah. I am honestly, I have one more thing to do, and my voice is giving out. So sure. we're going to wrap this up. Um, John, if people wanted to research you, find you, talk to you, anything, how would they do it? They just need to go to mail-right.com, and they can book a chat with me or Adam, have a moosey over the website. I'm more than happy, like yourself, to have a chat with any agent, um, help them. They can leave it for months, Come, hopefully some stage they come back and use us or not. It's totally up to them. And I think you def- you've got exactly the same attitude yourself for your business, haven't you, Robert? I do indeed. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you want to find out a little bit about more about me, go to inboundrem.com and hit the about key. It literally says about Robert Newman. I have a page designed for it. You can still set an appointment with me directly off that page if you wanted to. Uh, that is definitely going away. Maybe, hmm. maybe it's going to take me three to six months, but it's not going to be there forever. So if anybody does want to get a consultation with me, uh, you should be you should be getting on that. All right. Um, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. John, thank you for hurting me into the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope that all of you uh, tune in next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.